Father, we want to thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ. It was for freedom that you have set us free. Thank you for the wonderful reminder of that tonight. Thank you for the wonderful message we heard in church this morning about the freedom of who we are in you. Lord, thank you for the magnificence of the truth of our identity in you. Thank you that we are children of God. Thank you that you have rescued us from the pit of our sin. You have lifted us out of the mud and the mire and you've set our feet upon the rock of Christ Jesus. Thank you that you have justified us, that you have sanctified us, that you have poured every blessing in Christ into our lives because of his blood that was shed on that cross. Father, we are eternally grateful to you. We love you. We are yours. We thank you that we can draw close to you. And we pray, Lord, as we turn to your word now, that we would find freedom, freedom in our hearts, freedom in our minds, to not be distracted by tiredness, to not be distracted by the worries or concerns of the week ahead, but to focus in on you, to focus in on your heart and what you want to communicate with us this very night. Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, good evening, everyone. It's really good to see you all here tonight. Thank you very much for coming out to be with us once again in Dundonald Elam. It's been a great day. Who was out this morning? It was not just a magnificent message to our hearts this morning. And I've got a a word in my heart for you this evening, and I hope and trust that the Lord will use it to fire our hearts. You couldn't have gone out of this morning without your heart warmed, your heart fired out with that message. And I pray that we'll, we'll go out tonight, just into the week ahead, just fired up again through what the Lord shares with us tonight through his word. And we're going to think this evening about the priority of worship The priority of worship, and we're going to take most, not all, but most of our thoughts from Psalm 96. So if you could turn to Psalm 96 now, that would be great. And you might want to keep it open as we we go through the message together. Psalm 96, and we'll read verses 1 through to 9. And this is the inspired and authoritative word of God. O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for the gods of the peoples are just idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give to the Lord, or ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Amen. And we know God will add his blessing to that reading from his word. Do you know, there are many truths in the scriptures that are absolute. 
There are many truths in Scripture that are absolute. There is no debate and there is no doubt over them. And one of those truths is this. God wants us to honor him. God wants us to honor him. Psalm 96 verse 6 says that honor and majesty are before God. He wants us to honor him. The very first of the Ten Commandments clearly states this, you shall have no gods before me. The third of the Ten Commandments clearly states, you shall not take my name in vain. God wants us to honor him. In fact, the second of the Ten Commandments, God says this, I am a jealous God. I am a jealous God. He is jealous for his honor, which is interesting because normally when we think of jealousy, we think of the sinful emotion that it can be. And more often than not, it can be a very sinful emotion. If I see a bloke flirting with my wife, Rachel, I don't know, my jealous reaction might be to do rip his throat out or, or something like that. Jealousy can be a very sinful emotion, but also a good one. Because at its heart is a passionate desire to protect something precious. At the heart of jealousy is a passionate desire to protect something that is precious. That's not sinful. Often our reaction to jealousy is though. So when God said in Exodus 20 verse 5, I am a jealous God, he was not sinning. He was saying there is something so precious to me that I want to protect. And that is his honor. That is his honor. One of the truths in scripture that is absolute God wants us to honor him. Love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Actually, we could go as far to say that worship is a non-negotiable priority for every Christian in their lives. God passionately and jealously wants us to honor him, and we give him this honor through worship. We give him this honor through worship. Often when we think of worship, we think of the, the songs that we sing in church or even the slow songs that we sing. And I want to use that mindset. And the fact that Psalm 96 verse 1 starts with the words, sing to the Lord a new song. I want to use those sort of thoughts to just expand our view of worship afresh by seeing it as a song. But a song that we sing with our lives. Because worship is everything we do to honor God. Worship is everything we do to honor God. It's how we honor him with extravagant love and complete submission. Every action, every thought, every word we speak should be God-honoring worship. It's a song we sing with our lives. Sing to the Lord a new song. Okay, then this is our life song. And the more God-focused our lives are, the sweeter this song becomes. The sweeter this song gets. How's your song? 
How's your God song? And I use the word your because I want you to personalize that question and I'm personalizing it myself. How's your song? Do you know, we honor and worship God with our life song because, well, first and foremost, we do it because he's God, period. We worship God because he is God. Psalm 96 verse 4 says, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Our life song is only shallow if the worship we give to God is only because of what he has given to us. Our life song is shallow if we only give worship and praise and adoration and seek to live for God because of what he has given to us. That's important. But if God had never given anything to us, he would still be worthy of our worship because he's God. He's God. The gods of the nations, the scripture says, are just idols, but our God made the heavens. Our God made the heavens. He is awesome. And we worship him with our life song, not just because of what he has done for us, but because of who he is. And this life song of worship, it's a gift. It's a gift that we give to God to honor him. Verse 8 says, bring an offering. Bring an offering and come into his court. Worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness. Bring an offering. Worship is a gift we give to honor God. In the Old Testament, people worshiped kings by bringing them gifts. Remember when Solomon had all the great and good from around the globe visit him? They all brought him gifts. It was a sign of worship. When the three kings came to Jesus, they came bearing gifts. It was a sign of worship. Worship is a gift that we give to God to honor him. The Bible also shows that our life song it's not just a song that we sing out of reverent fear for God. Yes, there is that. But it's also a heartfelt response to God. Who's longing for worship in their lives that's fueled afresh by love? Not mechanical, not religious. Not stuff that we're going through the emotions, but it's fueled and it's energized by the passionate love that we have to God. It's a song, yes, out of reverent fear for God, but it's a heartfelt response to him as well. One of the meanings of the word worship is to adore. To adore. And we're always going to worship what we adore in our lives. Some people worship football. Some people worship money. Some sex. Some power. We'll always worship what we adore. God is jealous for our worship. He has this burning passion for you and for me to care for one thing, to live for one thing, to be swallowed up and consumed by one thing, and that is his honor. And we give him honor through our worship. We worship and praise God through our lives for the excellency of who he is as a God high above all things, but also as this intimate, close God. To worship is everything that honors God. It's a gift we give. It's a heartfelt response to our awesome God. It's a life song. How's your song? 
I want to look at some practical ways to improve our songs tonight. Firstly, we can improve the honor of our life song by developing our relationship with God. That point can never be underestimated or under or overestimated or in, in, in church. Never. Everything that we sing in church tonight to God, not to make ourselves feel good, because essentially worship's not for us. I'm sorry about that, but it's not for us. It's irrelevant how we feel. It's for God. Yes, he has said that he will inhabit the praises of his people, but first and foremost, it's for him. It's got nothing to do with us. I said it before, worship has become such a divisive thing in church in terms of the songs that we sing because it's become all about me. What I want, what I like, irrelevant. Worship's for him. And it's for him. Absolutely him. Alone. In fact, I'll tell you this. You can tell how worshipful a heart someone has by how they sing the songs they don't like. You can tell how worshipful a heart someone has by how they sing the songs they don't like. We worship God with the songs we sing. We've worshiped God tonight with the money that has been given to him. And when we do it generously, gratefully, and out of a joyful heart, it's a beautiful song of worship. Every time we pray and we mean it, it's worship. Every time we pick up the word of God to read it and encounter him in it, it's worship. Every time we seek to live out what's in the Bible, it's worship. Everything we do to develop our relationship with God is worship. How's your relationship with him tonight? How's your song? Secondly, we improve the honor of our life song by making the right choices in life. By making the right choices in life. Choices that work out the the holiness that's been imputed into our lives through the work of Christ on the cross. Phil was brilliantly speaking about that this morning and how we have been justified. We've been made right before God, holy in his sight. But we still have to make the right choices in our lives to work that holiness out. In fact, true worship, it's a matter of the heart expressed through a holy life. It's a matter of a heart expressed through a holy life. What holy choices are we making in our lives to honor God in our life song? I'll tell you this. Every time we turn off that television or do not click onto that website because of its content is worship. Every time we choose not to get involved in backstabbing or gossip, that's worship. Every time we choose to not laugh at or tell rude jokes, that's worship. Every time we choose not to post something dodgy on Facebook is worship. Every time we choose to speak well to or about our wives, our husbands, our partners, our families, is worship. Because we know what honors God. Worship is a matter of the heart expressed through a lifestyle of holiness, making the right choices. How's your song 
What choices are we making in our lives? Thirdly, we improve the honor of our life song by worshiping God in our work. Essentially what we do every day of our lives. Whether it's at home or in an office, wherever. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as though you're working for the Lord and not for men. Our work should be an act of worship. In the Old Testament, the word for work and the word for worship is exactly the same. Avodah. The word for work and the word for worship is exactly the same. There's no distinction made in Scripture to say that some work is worship and that some is not. Our work is our worship, avodah. It's exactly the same word in Scripture. The great reformer Martin Luther said this. He said, you can milk a cow to the glory of God if that's your work. Because no matter what we do, whether we run a corporation, whether we are staying at home to look after our kids, whether we find ourselves in the office, no matter what we do, our jobs are more than jobs. They are acts of worship. Worship in church is not more spiritual than the worship you give to God tomorrow in your office. Studying at Bible college, it's not more spiritual than studying at university. What the ministry team does here is not more spiritual than how you work hard to look after your your home. Our work, irrespective of where it is or what it is, is worship. And that should transform our approach to life. Because the way we work hard to honor our boss or to honor our employees, our spouse, the way we work hard at home, volunteer in church, whatever it is we do is worship. Our work is our worship. Avodah. It's exactly the same thing. No distinction in Scripture. How is your song as you look out upon the week that's to come and you know your itinerary? How is your song Fourthly, we improve the honor of our life song by offering forgiveness. We'll all be familiar with Jesus' words in in Matthew chapter 5 when he said, you know, if, if we come to the altar with a gift, but remember that there's a problem with our brother or someone else, leave your gift down, go and be reconciled, and then come back. Offer forgiveness. Or say sorry, and then come back and bring your gift to God. We improve the honor of our life song by offering forgiveness and healing relationships. This is so important because there's so many Christians, too many Christians who are going about today and they've fallen out and they're carrying grudges around. Some people just need to wise up and get over it. Some people have been deeply hurt by a parent partner, by someone who has stolen something precious to them. Maybe there's people here tonight who are hurt because of bullying at home, in school, or the workplace. And whilst it is hard, I honestly believe the heart 
of the worshiper is someone who will always seek to forgive. A true worshiper is someone who will seek to forgive, who will want their relationships to be relationships that honor God. Every time we forgive someone for what they have done to us, it's worship. It's a beautiful song of worship to God. We cannot be best friends with everybody, but we can choose to forgive and stop carrying around with us burdens and hurt that affect our song. Every time we forgive someone for what they've done, it's worship. How's your song? Do you know what? This is so important because our life song as believers, we, we need to have strong relationships with each other. And we thank God for the, the unity that we, we feel in this church and, and we must protect that with every, everything in us and never take it for granted. I tell you, when we start taking what we have in this church for granted, that's when the cracks will appear in the wall and give the devil a foothold. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Every effort. You see, worship, it's a song, life song that we sing as individuals, but it's something that we sing together. And when we sing it together, it becomes even more honorable. Good relationships, forgiveness, not holding those grudges or the past. Add these harmonious notes to the song. There are so many churches, and instead of a, a harmonious song, is this cacophony of sound, a horrible noise coming from just brokenness, and it must break the heart of God. R.T. Kendall, I remember when he, he came to speak at one of our uh, events in Crying Jesus, he said this, you cannot worship God and be out of sorts with other Christians. You cannot worship God and be out of sorts with other Christians. That's a word for someone here tonight. See, if we're passionate about God, we'll be passionate about not letting anything affect our song. Totally. We'll be passionate about not letting anything affect our song and we'll do everything we can to make it all the sweeter by the, the relationships we have with each other the way we love each other put others needs before our own and go the extra mile for one another how's your song how are your relationships with others in this church husbands and wives let's personalize it How's your song? How's your song? We improve the honor, fifthly, of our life song by living for God when life gets tough. See, worship should be enduring. It's not something for the hour and a half where we come together on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening. It should be enduring, not just offered when things are good. Faithfulness in worship is so important. In the song we sing, Blessed Be Your Name, we sing about the good times and we sing about the bad times and we give God the praise. 
And then we sing the words of Job in Scripture when he said, you give and, and you take away, but my heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. That's a really easy thing to sing. Much more difficult one to live out, isn't it? Whenever we go through an illness, whenever we go through a difficulty in a relationship or just life stuff, and the pain is, is so sore and it's so raw, yet we keep living for Jesus, there's something beautiful about that song. In fact, I reckon there's nothing more honorable to God than a life song being faithfully sung from a hurting, broken heart. There are far too many people who give up on their faith because of a difficulty. There's a lot of people give up on their faith at the first hurdle they come across. But I'll tell you this, I have seen so many examples of Christians who are in the valley of the shadow of death, and they have brought incredible glory and honor and worship to God through their resolve to honor him in the midst of their pain and their suffering. We improve our life song by living for God when life gets tough. How's your song? Psalm 96 says, sing to the Lord a new song. And tonight we've thought about our life song and, and how we can improve it by developing our relationships with God, by making the right holy choices in life by working hard wherever we find ourselves, by offering forgiveness, the harmonious song that we sing as one as we sing together, and by singing in those difficult times that we'll all go through. Do you know what? See if we can get this one, and we can really get it, not just understand it in here, really get this. It should transform our approach to life, because no longer is tomorrow just another day. Tomorrow is now another opportunity to sing a better song to Jesus than what we did today. It should transform it all because no longer is tomorrow just another day. It's another opportunity to sing a better song. And the grace of God allows us to do that no matter how much we stuff up. It's wonderful. When you hear something class, God always responds to worship. In fact, there's intimacy in worship. One of the, the meanings of the word worship is to kiss. To kiss. And God said, if we draw close to him, he will draw close to us. And the Bible lets us see some of his responses to worship. And here's one, Zephaniah 3.17. You'll be familiar with it. It says, God rejoices over us with singing. How amazing is that? God's response to our life song is to sing over us. His response to our life song is to sing over us. This is a two-way song. Can you see how we mean what we mean when we're saying, when we understand this, it should transform everything because all of us on our priority of worship is to make sure nothing gets in the way of this song. Nothing gets in the way of this song. Nothing interrupts it. Yes, we sin, and yes, we need forgiveness. Grace of God allows us to keep singing our life song that we're constantly singing individually, corporately, together to the God who sings over us. It's a two-way melody of love. How's your song? Look, as we, we draw to a close here, there will be people here tonight and whose lives are, are just singing away to Jesus. You're not perfect but you're really determined 
to honor God, and that's great. There will be others here tonight who are singing to God but struggling to hear his song. And that's probably because of difficulties you're going through in your life. You keep singing to him and thank God for your witness. You keep singing in spite of the pain and all you need to hear again tonight is his song to remind you that he loves you, that he's in the storm with you and that he'll never leave you and he'll not forsake you. There's others here and and their song has maybe gone stale. The relationship with God has become dry and mechanical as we were saying earlier, religious, but oh Lord, something stirred up in our hearts today that wants it to be fueled again with love. I want to go and live for him, not because I feel he's going to beat me up over the head with a big stick if I get it wrong. I'm just in awe of his grace. I'm in awe of his acceptance of me and who I am. And I just want that love to bubble up inside of me again and just... There'll be others here whose, whose songs are out of tune because things in the world have become more important to them than some of the things of God. And whilst there might be occasional notes offered up to God here on a Sunday, the song's out of tune. And there may be others here who've turned their backs on and walked away from God and, and their song's now unrecognizable. How's your song? Worship team are, are, are going to join me on the stage. Do you know, Davey was praying this earlier, and he's absolutely right. When we come together here as church, this is an opportunity for us afresh to encounter God, to be challenged. I need constant challenge in my life. I'm sure you're exactly the same. To be challenged to sing a better song. Is there anybody here doesn't want to sing a better song than what they're singing? I'm glad to see no hands up. Because that should be the heart and the inspiration, the aspiration in our hearts. None of us are perfect. And there will be things in every one of our songs that can be improved. God knows that, yet he still loves us and he's still jealous for our, our worship. Isn't that amazing? You might have walked in here this morning and then you heard a message about what God's done for you. But you maybe still went out feeling guilty and feeling, oh Lord, God knows you and yet he loves you. And actually, you're the one and he's jealous for your worship. He's jealous for your worship. His forgiveness, His restoration, His power. It's available for every one of us here tonight. It's available to help us get in tune again. And that desire to sing a better song. We all need to respond to God's word. Oh, please, if you came in here singing an unrecognizable song, maybe that you might walk out just the same. We pray not. Maybe you want to get in tune. Maybe you need to come and speak to Davey or myself or any of the folks on session or maybe the person who you're close to in the church. Please do. How's your song? Maybe there's something not mentioned tonight that, that's affecting your song. It needs fixed. Because of the grace of God, we can all get in tune tonight.